Hello, everyone. This is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. When I was 19, I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I was called to serve in Brazil. Now, I don't really talk about religion and politics on my podcast other than in relation to stories, but I had some pretty amazing events and stories happen while I was on my mission. I spent two years down there. I was there from 94 to 96 in the state of Paraná, Brazil, which borders Argentina and Paraguay. It was an absolutely amazing place to be. The Brazilian people are some of the nicest people on the planet. I'm sure you've seen Mormon missionaries walking around in white shirt and ties. In Brazil during the summertime, wearing a white shirt and tie in nearly 100 degree weather with the humidity was murderous. There were times we'd be walking down the street and the Brazilian people would just yell out to us, hey, why don't you guys come in and cool off for a bit, have a drink with us. We'd go in, end up having lunch, hanging out, chatting with the folks. After a while, they'd finally ask us, so where are you guys from? What are you doing here? Why are you wearing a tie on a day like today? Well, it was a pretty amazing experience just to get to know other cultures. And I was very blessed to be able to spend that amount of time in Brazil. And one of the people I met down there was a retired federal policeman. Sometimes when I talk about stories from Brazil, it's hard for me because I think about it in Portuguese and then I have to translate back to English. So there's some hesitation. I'll try and edit most of that out, but I might slip and throw in a Portuguese word here and there. But this policeman, he ended up retiring. He'd had an accident with an explosive device and lost a couple fingers on a hand. And we were chatting with him and he would always joke about it that he lost a few fingers. And one day on our way to meet with him, over the city was this giant hot air balloon. Now, if you've seen hot air balloons with the baskets and the people in them, this balloon was bigger than that. But underneath the balloon was a giant flag. And now when I say giant flag, the size of a football field, the thing was spectacular. And this balloon got up higher and higher and higher and higher and to the point that it looked like a pinprick in the sky. And when we got to this gentleman's home, we were chatting with him. So we asked him if he'd seen the balloon, and he got a kind of a smirk on his face. He said, what do you know about balloons? And he started to explain that they're illegal, but there's these big groups in Brazil and a lot of other South American countries where they continue to make these balloons. It's an art. The colors on the outsides of the balloons are amazing. Some of the balloons they design specifically for night. Now, if you can imagine that flag the size of a football field, imagine at night a grid of string, like a net, that same size. And in the net, they would hang little tiny lanterns of different colors or just a single color to spell out words or make designs. So there were nighttime balloons, daytime balloons, firework balloons. And when I say firework balloons, some of these balloons would have a payload of a thousand pounds worth of fireworks on them. And they would go up into the sky. If it was a nighttime balloon, they'd be all kinds of different bursts. I mean, imagine the best fireworks show you've ever seen, but everything happened in the sky and then multiply that by 10. The daytime fireworks were typically noisemakers or they would have different colors of smoke. Again, fascinating. So as we're talking to this guy, he asks us, hey, do you want to learn how to make them? I'm like, sure, I'd love to learn how to make them. Come to find out, most of these balloons were made out of paper. The smallest ones were made out of just tissue paper. 
and some of the larger ones were made out of a little bit stronger paper. Any balloon that was 10 to 12 meters or larger, they would need to glue in kite string in a mesh pattern, similar to a net, and they would glue that in to reinforce the paper so that you could get additional strength to be able to pull up whatever payload you were carrying. So me and my mission companion are super intrigued by this, and he showed us how to make balloons. So we learned pretty quick some of the ins and outs. I decided to try and make one that it basically looked like a giant hot dog. So learning lesson there. If it's a super long, skinny balloon, any kind of wind's going to rotate it pretty quick. It'll get pretty severe. And these balloons actually had fire underneath them. So imagine a small teepee made out of wire and the top of the teepee, we would use those round cleaning pads that people use for makeup soaked in a little bit of paraffin wax. Get five or six of those, poke a hole through them, put a piece of wire through it, twist it up so it's tight, and then you can open up those pieces of cotton. Looks kind of like a small flower on top of this teepee, and you'd light it. So it's an actual fire surrounded by tissue paper. So you can imagine if it tips too far one direction or another, the flame will touch the edge of the tissue paper. And a tissue paper balloon completely burns away in a split second. So you go from, oh, that's a really pretty balloon. Oh, look how good it's doing. Hits a different jet stream of air, tips sideways, bursts into flame. Now this metal teepee with a glowing ball of cotton and paraffin comes flying out of the sky. And you kind of have to hope that it doesn't land anywhere bad. Now this became much easier for me when I came home after my mission. My parents lived in Utah. So I would just wait till it snowed. When there's snow on the ground, you didn't have to worry about it. If your balloon caught on fire, as soon as it hit the ground, the snow would put out the flame. Now you still had to be careful. You didn't want it to land on somebody's house. So we'd play the wind as best we could. On really, really, really cold, clear nights, the balloon will just go straight up. After a while, it looks like a star. It's so far up there. One of the things that we learned after a few failed attempts at balloons, like the hot dog balloon, was off the bottom of the teepee if you tie some strings and put in just a small cup, like a Dixie cup with a candle in it, you can create those little lanterns that I was talking about. Add a couple pennies to the bottom, and that can be almost enough of a weight that it keeps the balloon pretty centered. Now, it does have a maximum altitude, so the more weight you put in, it may not climb very high. It may only go five or 600 meters high. And if that's as high up as it goes, when the balloon starts to cool and come back down, if it doesn't catch fire, knock on wood, then it'll typically hit the ground and the flame is still going. Now, by having that little counterbalance weight, often it would touch down and that counterbalance weight would sit on the ground. And then the balloon would just stay there and hover until the flame got low enough that it would tip over and usually still be hot enough to burn the tissue paper. Now, the really big balloons, because they were made out of such a strong type of paper, the little kids in Brazil would freak out if one was coming down in the city because they would use that paper to make their own kites. And that's a whole nother story in itself. The kids in Brazil will fly kites and they fight kites. So if you cut the string of another person's kite, you win that kite. But most of the time it blows far enough away that some other kid gets it and they win the kite. But these kids would take string, smash a bottle until it was just powdered glass, 
and then they put glue on the string for about the first 10 meters down from their kite and coated in this powdered glass. And then that's what they would use to try and cut the other people's kites. Pretty incredible. But if one of these giant balloons was coming down, I mean, that's enough paper for a thousand kites. A lot of times these big balloons would be released somewhere near the beach and they'd blow out over the ocean. Sure, it has some sort of an environmental effect, but tissue paper pretty quickly dissolves. Is it littering? Yes, it probably is. It's not as bad as those mylar balloons, because all you're ever going to find is the little metal teepee at the end, because again, the tissue paper completely dissolves. The biggest balloon I have made was probably about 15 feet tall and 10 foot in diameter. They're super easy to make. They're really inexpensive to make. You can make a balloon with a wire coat hanger, some of those cotton pads and paraffin, and a package of tissue paper, and a small bottle of Elmer's glue. Just an old school white Elmer's glue. We would then glue a couple pieces of paper together, end to end. And then once we had, say, three of them glued together, we would cut it on the diagonal from corner to corner, and then glue that together, the biggest side to the biggest side. So you'd be left with, say, a 10-foot long piece of paper that was about two feet wide, you know, two giant triangles glued together. So you had a point at the top, a point at the bottom. Now, depending on how you do the triangle, the largest, widest part of it is where the bulb is in the balloon. So if you want it to look like a standard hot air balloon, you wouldn't go from corner to corner on all three pieces of paper. You might go from the top corner and just cut off the top of the first piece of paper. You could also not make it into couple of triangles that you glue together, but you could make it into the true balloon shape. And you can look all this up, the exact shapes that you need to do. I mean, if you just Google Brazilian paper balloons, it'll pull some up. You can see some amazing YouTube videos of it. I never got to the point that I could make those giant ones. Those take teams of people. The fire inside of them is burlap sack soaked in paraffin wax and then rolled with a hole in the middle. So imagine rolling burlap around a paper towel tube and you roll it till it's the size of a log. And there might be 10 or 12 of those stacked in a log cabin style inside this balloon. And it generates so much heat that it'll pull up those giant balloons with all their payload. Such a fun thing to do. Well, I was able to do a really nice one one day in Brazil that worked really, really good, went nice and high. And this friend of ours was pretty impressed. He said, yeah, I think you guys got the hang of it. Be really careful. It's illegal. So we had to be a lot more careful when we were in Brazil. But when I got home, I kept making them. Never made anything super big. But it was always fun when we released one. People would stop and watch and taking pictures, trying to figure out what it was. Had a couple really, really close calls, especially in Salt Lake City. Made a terrible mistake with my buddy Ben. We released one that was carrying about seven lanterns hanging underneath it, and it was windier than we thought. We couldn't really tell because we were in the city itself, so there were a lot of buildings. Once it got up above some of the buildings, it pretty much blew sideways right into a pine tree. Of course, burst into flame. It is wintertime, but the lanterns are stuck in the tree, and we can't get these candles to go out. So we're all standing at the bottom of this pine tree making snowballs, trying to throw out the lanterns. It took a while. Pretty soon, the guy whose property the tree was on shows up. He's like, what are you guys doing? It's like, oh, we're trying to put these 
little fires out in your tree. So he helped us. We got him put out and off we went. Another time we lit one off the top of his apartment building. Again, there was way too much wind. The balloon started to rock violently side to side. It missed the horn of the angel Moroni on the Salt Lake Temple by maybe a meter. We almost put that balloon into the Mormon Temple. Man, that would have been a terrible, terrible day. I do my best not to retell stories in my podcast, but there's going to be times where I'm sure I cross over or forget. The making of balloons is pretty fun. I ended up making one with my friends Mark and Mel in Wisconsin. And that was really fun. But after we got done, both of them were like, it's just so hard to see all that work go up in smoke. Now, this one didn't go up in smoke. And you can follow your balloons depending on where they are. And if they come down nice and slow, you can catch them and put out the fire and reuse them. Many of you have probably seen the little Chinese paper lantern balloons. These are just a giant version of that. But they're really fun to do. If you decide you want to try it, it's dangerous. There's a fireball that comes out of the balloon when they catch fire. If it lands on your roof or somebody else's roof or on a barn or in a field, it's going to start a fire. That's one of the reasons they're banned in a lot of places. They're not banned in the United States yet, at least not that I know of. But I don't want to be the person that causes it to become banned, and you shouldn't either. But look it up. Throw me a message if you want. I'd be more than happy to show you how to do it. Just please, please, please be safe with it. Don't damage somebody else's property. But they are a lot of fun. So make some. And get out there. And live your stories.